Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sideline Sports. I'm Travis, joined here by my friends Alex and Ben. Hey guys. Today we're going to kind of follow up on what we did last week because it's been sort of a slow week as far as sports have gone. But we also have some games this week. We have some trivia, some movie review. And some, we have our joke of the week, sports joke of the week. But first of all, let's send it over to Alex. Alex, can you tell us about the new NBA playoff format that they've decided on rather recently? I think it was last night. Teams that have already clinched the playoffs and would have clinched by eight games are guaranteed to be in. So, like, uh, I think the entire top seven, uh, six or seven seeds in the West and most of the East will be into the playoffs automatically. And the rest of the teams who were um, at least six games out for the playoff spot, that there's five teams in the West and three from the East, are going to be playing in a planned tournament in terms of the last few seeds of the playoffs. Okay, guys, what do you think about this? Do you like this format? So you're talking about another format. Last week it was similar to this, but it wasn't said and done. They're having the playoffs in Orlando now that it's decided a location. Do you guys like this? Yeah, um, I think it's a great idea. That way most teams at least have a chance to play and do something. I heard the NBA's main goal here was to try to get their crawl star the Zion Dame into playoffs, and I think they're trying to kick out like you know, Grizzlies and teams who aren't going to make as much money as the bigger market teams, just because they they want to try to collect some of the revenue that they lost. Yeah, and the, there's a lot more teams in the West than in the East. That just shows how much more competitive the West is. There aren't that many teams that got kicked out. I learned that the next season would start on December 1st. Is that too early after finishing the playoffs, which would be around early October? Okay, Ben. So what I've been hearing is that a lot of people, they've been saying this has been thrown out there. I guess this would be the year to try it since the coronavirus is throwing all the timing off. So what I think the NBA should do is they should push it to Christmas. They'd get a lot of views on that day. They don't have to compete with football for those first couple weeks. Right, and the football is starting to. Like it's still in the middle of the season then, but you don't have to compete for football with those extra weeks. And they should start in December, and they should, they're going to start in December. But I think they should start in Christmas. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I've heard that the NBA is looking to push the lottery back to August 25th. Was the last possible final game being played on August 12th, and the draft will be in uh, on October 15th, with probably a start around December. So. That would mean most likely no summer league because they have to jump right back into training camp. But you never know. There is one team that doesn't sound like they're on board with this new format, and it's the Trailblazers. I think they were the only team that didn't agree with this new format. Would you know, do you guys have any idea of why they would not want that? Trailblazers is probably the team that would benefit most from this. They were outside the playoffs already, and the trend they were going at, you know, they weren't going to make it, and now they have a chance to make the playoffs and maybe upset some teams because Dame's such a good playoff performer. Well, Damian Lillard also said that if he wasn't going to be playing in a meaningful game, then he didn't want to play at all. But it's founded by this new format that that the Trailblazers would have a chance to win some games in the playoffs. So I don't know why. Well, I don't know if Dame is the one like making the entire decision on this, but I think he's definitely having an impact because they're adding those 
extra play-in games so the teams have to get in instead of just putting him in the playoffs and putting him in the bracket. So I think what he may be upset about in this spot in the Trailblazers, because they're obviously going to go along with their star, is that he has to play extra games than he possibly could have if they just made a bracket with the teams that they wanted to get in. I think Dame just happened, or at least the Blazers just happened to play. For a small market team, it's just so hard for them to generate hype, especially in the offseason. Yeah, but one ridiculous thing I heard is they're going to Orlando to play this. They're, they're teams that were in title contention. They obviously want to get their home court advantage. But I'm hearing that one of the stupidest ideas I've heard so far is they're going to transport the actual like hardwood from the arenas to Orlando and replace it. I think that would just be time-consuming and a waste of time. Like, What's that going to do? hour to replace the floor from hockey to basketball and um, it will be similar here so I think if they're doing it for all the teams that are playing it would just yeah um it's just a waste of time I think it would be faster if they disinfected the court each time I don't think safety is the thing here. I think it's trying to get players acclimated to playing in this environment, but it'd just be so strange that the classic, you know, parkette from the TD Garden in like Orlando at Disney World, like a ballroom, just seems wrong. Yes, but um, see, this is like a problem though. The teams are like the Bucks and the Celtics and the all the top teams in the East and the West. They they deserve the home court advantage because they've done good this year, right? They need an advantage because. A lot of times, home and away games, if you're away, that can be the end of your team. You know, your team doesn't play away, but now they're in a neutral environment. Do you guys have any ideas how they could bring back the feeling of home court advantage to the teams, give them maybe an advantage? Well, I was not listening to ESPN Radio yesterday, and uh, Woj was talking about how they're, they're not going to even make an attempt to try to do that. It's just something that's going to be lost on this playoff format because they think that, you know, piping in crowd noise just won't make the right environment for these teams. Or so he's playing in front of active fans. Personally, I think I should just let him play music, like Steph suggested earlier in the year. Yeah, I like I like the idea of music, but why wouldn't they pump in crowd noise? It's easy to do. There's speakers all over the arena, anyways. For maybe when the good when they can just play the chance that the team have, they're all they're all automated. They already have them on their computers and stuff. And when the other team has the ball, they chant defense with the chance, you know. And the crowd noise when they're on offense, I think that would help them. Because it's going to be weird when you're watching the Eastern Conference Finals and someone makes a game-winning three, and I'll hear the players going, oh, yeah, great job. Like, you're not going to hear any fans. That would be, that'll be, I feel like that would be weird. Don't you guys think? Yeah, it will be, but I think that's just the reality. It's going to be the new normal for sports in the next few years. We can't see a full crowd until maybe, like, 2023 at the early. Okay. Do you think the NBA is handling this well, guys? Do you think they need to wait all the way until July 31st to get everyone in Orlando? Because um, I think they're handling this better than other sports. If you look like sports like hockey, they had this plan set up, but they can't decide where they're going to play. There's been a bit more clarity this week. But so far, the NBA is the only one that has a plan. They have dates. It feels reassuring to know that the NBA knows what's going on. The NA, Obviously, the NFL does not can wait. Baseball, I don't even know if that's going to come back. We'll talk about that later. So what do you guys think about the NBA? Are they doing good? Silver is obviously the best commissioner of sports, and they have the best owner pool as, in terms of guys who are willing to adapt 
and maybe sacrifice a little bit of money for the sake of the game instead of like in football, you know, we're just old race white guys. So I think yeah, they've handled this a lot better than the inside, especially the NHL. Well, okay, Bango. You can go back. Um, I just think that they're doing a great job of balancing the health of the risk and you know, with the players wanting to come back. And as Alex said, um, like, this is the best basketball league in the world. And they have great, you know, people running to and, you know, actually. Yes, yes, they did. So, um, the only thing that I the only thing I have a problem with is the NBA. They said they're set to start on July thirty first, which is in about two months from now. So, do you guys think they need that long to get everyone in Orlando? Was that necessary, or are they just? I don't believe that the players need two months to warm up and get to Orlando. Do you guys think that they need the two months, or think we could see we should see them back a bit sooner? No, it's not about getting the people to Orlando. It's making sure the players don't get injured. Because if you have all, all the big stars just going down, then what was this all for? You know, there'd be no reason to play the playoffs. So they want to guarantee that their stars won't get injured so they can actually make money because the NBA desperately needs that moment. Well, why do they need two months? Couldn't like a month maybe work? Maybe we could start this at the end of June. I understand that um, getting to Orlando, you have to actually get all the hotels for everyone and stuff. It's not going to be as easy as you may think to get everyone there in Orlando and playing basketball soon. I think that would be the biggest challenge. Well, the NBA is mainly also waiting for testing to come back and ramp up because at the moment, testing isn't widely available and isn't as dependable as we need it to be. So once they can test everyone who's coming in and out, like they're not as much worried about the players, like people who could who leave the building every day, like chefs and, you know, people who work at like the actual hotels in Disney World who might bring it back to them while they're catering to them at these events. How many courts? Okay, you can go. Okay, um, how many courts do they have in Disney World? Is that going to be? Is it going to all be spaced throughout the day? How many courts? Because if they had one court, that would obviously be a problem. But I imagine they'd have more than that. Do we know? Yeah, I think they have a couple. They actually play AAU tournaments there sometimes. AAU tournaments for like kids. Yeah, yeah, the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Okay, Ben, you can go ahead and say whatever you wanted to say. A reason it's going to be two months is because there's so much that can go wrong. You know, um, the league is taking a big risk by coming back, and I and I think they just want to give themselves time to deal with any problems that would come up, and to make sure that everyone stays healthy too. You know, because um, these are good athletes, so they won't get sick if they get the virus, but you still don't want the whole league having the virus. Well, Ben, coronavirus doesn't care about how fit you are, how old you are. You're going to get it. And, like, the chance and the off chance that you're asymptomatic, you just get lucky, honestly. I think what Ben's saying is that even if they did get the coronavirus, it's likely they wouldn't even they wouldn't even know it without testing. Okay, let's move on to our game section. Okay, let's start off with our movie review. Who wants to go first? How about Alex? Okay, so um, my movie, I did Remember the Titans, which is a touching movie. All three of us actually watched at school, I believe. Um, yeah. and, and Remember the Titans, you have 
coach Herman Boone. It's based off a real story who uh, brings his divided team, you know, in the deep South, the divided by race appropriate for today, day and age. But um, he brings them together and turns them into a real family during training camp. And he, you know, just makes them one, you know, family, as I said, and really heal helps heal the uh, racial divide there. I give it like a nine stars. Really good. Or 90%, 100%. 90? Yeah. Okay, I remember watching this movie. I thought it was really good also. Um, I would give it maybe a bit lower because I got a bit boring at times, but I think you're right on. Ben, you want to go? Um, I think it, I think Alex was right about it being a 90 because it had a really good message about different people coming together, and I think that's what really boosted its rating. Okay, nice. Ben, can you tell us about the movie you chose? Yeah, um, so the movie I chose was White Man Can't Jump, and I'm pretty sure, like, everybody has seen that. And if you haven't, um, it's basically about this guy. He is white, and he makes money by... Um, challenging um, African-American players, um, my players into pickup games in uh, which city is it in? You guys know? I actually haven't seen that movie. I'll have to check it out. Me either. I haven't. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, well, he, he makes money because uh, black players bet money that they're going to beat him because he makes himself look really bad at, at basketball, so then they bet money that they'll, they'll beat him, but he's actually really good at basketball, so he ends up beating them. And that's kind of how he makes his money. And he teams up with this um, other black uh, person to, and they kind of work together, so he'll pretend to be on the other team. And then that's kind of how he makes his money. And I would rate it a, personally, I would give it a 65 or 70 out of 100 because, to be honest, I found that the, um, the plot's good, but the same things kind of happen, like, throughout the movie. And I think if they just added a little more to the plot, it would be maybe a, um, an 80, but I'm giving it, like, a 70 Okay, nice. Okay, then the other the movie I chose is based on a true story. It's called The Blind Side. Um, it's about a. I'll just read the movie review over here. Um, Michael Orr, a homeless black teen, has drifted in and out of the school system for years. Then Leahy and Tori, I don't know how to pronounce that name, sorry, um, and her husband Sean take him in. The toys eventually become Michael's legal guardians, transforming both his life and theirs. Michael's tremendous size and protective instincts make him a formidable force on the gridiron and will help for, and will help form his new family and devoted tour. He realized his potential in students as a student and a football player. So this guy, it's a really compelling it's a really inspiring story. He was basically homeless. This family they take him in, right? They bring him to this fancy private school with all his other siblings. This is a big guy. This is a true story, too. This is awesome. Um, 
in the NFL. I believe he did very good. He was starting for the Carolina Panthers for a while, and he, he came out of the league a couple years ago. But I'm going to give this an 85 out of 90. I mean, 85 out of 100. I really liked this movie. It was a good, true story. It was not one of the greatest movies I've ever seen for sports, um, like some other classic ones. But I think this was a good movie. It was compelling. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun watching it. Okay. Have any of you guys seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. Now let's move on to trivia. Alex and Ben will be competing for five dollars. I've I've got some questions here. It's gonna be a seven game series. First the four wins. Okay. Some of these are multiple choice, some of these are open and open responses. Okay. Number one, first one to answer here. When did the Celtics win their first championship? When I say go, you can answer. 1957, 1945, or 1962? Ready? Go. 57. Go. 1979. Alex is correct. But I said it first. Fine, you said it first. I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Got it. Okay. So you guys want to do a tie on that? Yes. Okay, I got a tiebreaker that I arranged here, okay? Okay. Who did the Celtics beat in their first championship? It's not a team in the NBA. Alex is correct. He wins. Okay. The Hawks are a team in the NBA. No. Yeah. Wait. They're not. There was the St. Louis Hawks. It wasn't like the Hawks we know now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they moved to Atlanta. Doesn't matter, Alex. Um, who leads the NFL in all-time QB rushing yards? A. Lamar Jackson. B. Michael Vick. C. Randall Cunningham. Go. C. Randall. Alex. Okay. Is Alex up? Wait. Did Alex just win? No, I'm up. Oh, you're up three to one. Okay. Funny story. No, three zero. I have a funny story about Randall Cunningham. Beginning of his court, beginning of his uh, career, he was the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. At the end of his career, he was the best passing quarterback in the NFL. Okay. So I'm gonna let Ben answer first on this question. Okay. Just give, just so we can even the score of it here. Okay. Name every quarterback on the Patriots roster. Undrafted free agents don't count, Ben. You have 10 seconds. 10, okay, 9, eight, seven, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ben, you've ran out of time. I'm sorry. Alex? Uh, Stidham, Hoyer. Oh, yeah, that guy. That's it, Alex. There's only two. It's got Stidham and Hoyer. Okay. Alex, you've won the $5. I owe you $5. But let's just do the last couple questions that I've arranged. Here, just for fun, okay? We'll switch off here. We'll let Ben answer one, and then Alex answer one, and then Ben answer one, okay? we got three more here. The Bruins' first Stanley Cup win was in, Ben, 2011, 1917, or 
I'm actually not sure. I think it was it was a long time ago. I do. Um, I believe it was night. No, I'm gonna go with 2011. No, Ben. Their first championship was won in 1929, Ben. <laughs> Okay. One of the original six teams in the NFL. <laughs> Come on. Well, I thought they were, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe they just didn't, you know. Okay, Ben's sports knowledge here of anything that happened like pre 2011 is being kind of exposed right now. Okay, Alex, name the name the last five NFL MVPs. Right, we got. Lamar, Lamar won it, and then won it last year. Patty, yeah. Then Brady, mm-hmm. then oh, who is the year? Before? It's a tricky Matt one. Ryan, yes. And then another losing Super Bowl quarterback. Yep. Hey, Alex just swept that. Ben, who won the last three Stanley Cups? Okay, okay. The St. Louis Blues. Yes. Do you need a hint, Ben? Ben? Do you need a hint, Ben? It was not the Lightning. It their their team is in Washington D.C. Ben. Oh right, I'm with the Blues, then the Capitals, and then um. It's a bird. It's a kind of bird, Ben. That's that's not an NHL team, I don't believe, man. They're the Blackhawks, but um, the Penguins won that year. Oh, right, they did win. Yeah. Um. Well, I knew that. I was just stuck back here. You'll have to get them next time, Ben. All right. I need to study your trivia for the next time we do this. Okay. Now we're all gonna give our joke of the week. All right. Who want Ben? You have a good one. Want to go first? Why? Because it is full of fans. It, it's actually not. Yeah, you terrible numbers. Okay, I'll go. What did the coach say to the broken vending machine? I want my quarterback. Alex, you're not supposed to answer for me. But yes. Hey, Alex, your turn. The Cowboys front office. <laughs> okay. You, okay. You can go on to our website. It's going to be in the description. And tell us who you think won the joke contest. Okay. Let's talk about another one of the MLB's mistakes. It feels like we talk about an MLB mistake every year. It's like the MLB mistake show. Because um, the NFL season is not looking great right now. The owners and the players, they're all being very stubborn. They all, none, of them want to take, none of the players want to take pay cuts. All the owners want to get as much money as possible. So if that means taking the players' pay cuts, then they're going to do that. Um, I've heard of a handful of owners, and they're willing. They're sitting on all their millions of dollars, obviously. Some of these players aren't. But um, they're willing to just blow up the whole season for this. 
And do you guys think that would be plausible for the NF for the MLB to do that and actually come back with as much fans as they do now, even though they don't have much fans now, anyways? Um, what do you think the NF, NF, MLB's best option is this year? Well, I think this is very poorly handled by the MLB, but I mean they're they're still going to have a fan base. You know, like two out of every ten, ten Americans are going to say, you know, I'm a big MLB fan and I'm going to stick with them through anything. You know, but there's other eight Americans probably just going to stop watching baseball and stop doing games. And MLB attendance, which is already on a downfall, it's just going to crater once crowds are allowed to come back. But I don't think we'll ever lose baseball in America. It's just it's not going to be possible. Well, obviously it's not going to be gone, but after a while, you wonder if they just can just that they're going to even like still play the games. Like in 50 years from now, if baseball doesn't make some major changes, do you still see fans like in the stadiums at all? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's still going to be fans who go because they're like kids growing up now. Like personally, I I actually love going to Fenway. You know, I'm I don't, I'm a big MLB fan, and I'd I'd probably still go to a baseball game just for the experience. You know, less for the game. Yeah, I like going to Fenway. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Red Sox games. The year that they were winning the championship, I mean, I don't watch any regular season Red Sox baseball anyways at all. Like, even if it's like a really good game, I won't watch it at all. But in the playoffs, when the Red Sox are good, I find the playoff baseball entertaining. So if we can get more of that kind of baseball, more competitive baseball, then I would watch more of that. But in the regular season, when they have hundreds of games, they have like over 150 games, I just don't feel like there's any purpose in watching one of them. And Midway through the season, you already know who's going to win the division. Half the team's are already 30 games back. Like the Orioles and the Red Sox, they, they weren't going to win the division halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, I feel like it also goes back to the players not accepting a cut in the patient. And I think that kind of is part of what's, you know, obviously holding us back. And I think the players should just accept that this is a different year. And I just think that it's kind of the players or the, yeah, it's some of the players' fault for just not, for just not expecting, they're just not expecting a cut in their pay. And yes, it's a big cut, but all the players are still going to get by. Well, most of them will. So I just think mostly them that the league can't come to an agreement on, you know, when to restart the season and all that stuff. Okay, guys. I got- the good news out of the MLB actually is that David Price, former Boston and now LA pitcher, is paying a thousand bucks to every single player in the Yachters minor league system the next four weeks. Which I think it's just a, or four months, sorry. I think it's just a really big move by him to try to, you know, heal baseball a little bit. Because yeah. he's being extremely overpaid. Yeah, you didn't like David Price in Boston when he was getting overpaid, but that's a good move by him. It's very classy. Okay, it seems like there's two sides to this debate in the MLB. There's the pro owners and the pro players. Which guy? What side do you fall on? The owners, they're all about getting – most of them want to get the season back. They want to make as most money as possible this year, but so do the players. The players, they want to get what's theirs. Look at people like Tony Snowy looked at a few weeks ago. Are you guys pro owners, pro players? Um, I, um, I'm on the pro owners side because I think the players have to realize that right now it's not about next season. It's about keeping the 
MLB alive for years to come. And I think it's, um, I think the owners realize that. And I think they're smart in trying to earn as much money as possible to make sure that there's still baseball five years from now, 10 years from now. And, you know, Honestly, I'm I'm kind of in between here. I think the players partially deserve what they're due, but they they're gonna have to take a pay cut. Maybe not as drastic as the MLB had proposed before, where you know a 35 million dollar a year player goes all the way up to seven million dollars a year. But I think for the good of the game, they're gonna have to give up a little bit of pay. Yeah, so I think they're both being stubborn. Actually, pro owners here, um, the owners I think they're being a bit unreasonable. Maybe they should cut down the pay a little bit less. I mean, they're gonna lose money this year. It's a it's a given, considering that the coronavirus is tearing apart all sports leagues. But they can't afford to take a year off. I mean, the owners probably can afford it, but they don't want to take a year off. The players, they shouldn't want to take a year off. I mean, the problem with these sports leagues is the players, if they don't want to play, they don't have to play. They, the players, they have way too much power, I think. And the owners, they're being kind of deprived of that because you give them a pay cut, the players go on strike, don't play. So I think the owners have the right idea, but they need to – um, make it in the interest of the players. They, the owners, mo- for the most part, except for the ones that are willing to like blow it up, as we said earlier, they have the right idea. They want to get back to playing. And the players, they're just a bit stubborn about their money. Okay, do we have anything else we want to say? Any sports news that happens this week, guys? Alex, do you want to tell us about the NHL and their new, and, and their new rule for the playoffs? Basically, what the NHL is going to be doing is going to be protecting the best four teams in the league out of the top 24. They say those four teams can go play round robin amongst themselves and try to figure or figure out which team will uh, be ranked one through four in the seating. And then the other 20 teams are going to play best of five first rounders. So then, you know, they play out those games based on their previous records. That's how they're going to seed them. And then... Um, once they finish those, they'll go to a, just a normal type of bracket play where they work through. Okay. It's a pretty good startup plan. But I, I'm also seeing the uh, NHL is thinking about doing two hub cities. I'm saying I might have been right the other week with saying Pittsburgh and Philly for this one, honestly. Yeah, I think the NHL, they're, they're trying to get back. They're taking a bit longer than teams like the NHL, than the NFL did. Because we remember um, the NHL, they had a plan. Before the NBA is, and now the NBA is, they've already executed their plan. They're executing it right now. But the NHL, they still need to find out where they're playing. They have a good startup plan, and, and they have a good startup plan ready, but they just haven't initiated it yet. Okay, while we're on the topic, I want to talk a little bit about the Bruins. You guys think the Bruins have a legitimate chance of winning the championship this year? Because last year, we all thought they were way better than the Blues, but... We, you know, teams in hockey, they get lucky. I think you said last week, Alex, that the teams in hockey, they considered the luckiest teams. Yeah, I think what happens to the Bruins is that when we're faced with an excess of something, like an excess of speed, which the Blues had last year, or an excess of size, which some, see, which some teams do, then we're going to end up losing. But if we face, if face a balanced team, we can't exploit one large weakness the Bruins have, then we'll win the championship. It, you know, it's just all about matchups for us. Yeah. I also think it's hard after losing or well, they they had a great season, they came all the all the way to the playoffs and then they just lose in a horrible, sad, devastating game seven. I remember watching that game and I was so sad, you know. 
and I the series back from something like that. Well, I remember last year in the cup, the Bruins they kind of got ripped off in one of the games, and it was turned out to be a pretty pivotal game. There was a there was a lot of pe- uh, there was a couple penalties that they missed in the penalties. It wasn't like there was a penalty they missed it, and just no one called and nothing happened. It led directly to goals, so it was kind of upsetting in that. But I guess the Bruins they should have won Game Seven. They they were at home, they had all the advantages, but they just couldn't stop Bennington. I don't even know if he's doing that good this year. I know the Blues are doing pretty good, but I haven't really been following them lately. Yeah, I mean, the game I've looked most at from that finals is game five when they had a crucial tripping call that, that got called in the Bruins. They ended up taking a goal back, which absolutely just destroyed all of our momentum because we would have won that game. We would have gone up by a goal, but instead the Blues ended up winning that game and in turn ended up winning the series. Yeah, playoff hockey, it's, it's a pretty exciting sport. It's kind of like different from the regular season hockey because there's so many games in the regular season. It's not like the NBA where the games are their games are obviously fast paced, but the players don't play like they matter. In playoff hockey, um, every game it feels like it counts like a lot, and but it does lead to a lot of teams getting lucky. I think the playoffs are going to be very exciting this year. I, I'll certainly watch the Bruins games. I I don't have the energy to watch every single hockey game though. I more closely follow basketball and football, but I'm looking forward to the NHL playoffs this year. I don't know if playoffs can really be there for the NHL can really come back at full strength because they rely so much on a crowd atmosphere. Yes. You know, like, cause like, especially up North and like places like Minnesota, for example, the wild, you know, their crowd just goes absolutely crazy. Not for their game. Cause they only see a few playoff games per year, but like in that atmosphere builds so much of hockey's tension and, you know, makes them, makes them want to succeed in the clutch. And I don't think they're going to have the same drive this year. What sports, you, Ben, you can go. Um, I do think that because people are at home now because of the coronavirus, the, these leagues that come back, they're still going to make money from TV, you know? And I think they make actually most of their money from TV contracts with maybe ABC, ESPN, TNT, you know, all those stations. So I... And I think that the the twenty thousand tickets that they sell is obviously a huge cut in what they normally make, but I think they'll still be able to do that. I mean, I think of all sports, hockey doesn't need fans the most. I think this. I mean, obviously, when there's a goal, there's a lot of energy going through the arena. But during like the middle of a hockey game, there are obviously chants and stuff, but. I think you need more fans during. I think you need fans during the NBA playoffs, which I think is absolutely need fans because it would be so awkward if there was just a buzzer beater for the win. There was just nothing, and in football, which there's always, I think football is probably the loudest sport. People get most involved in the football teams locally. So, what sports do you guys think need fans in order to continue? They obviously don't need them, but it would feel right with fans. Well, I think like uh, especially in football, like home field advantage is so key. You know, because you got your whole crowd and you're chanting while the other team's trying to run offensive plays and they go quiet when you're running plays. And I think that is just, it's going to be so detrimental to the game, honestly. And you could see some great home teams like the Seahawks, who just feed off that atmosphere, just torn to pieces at home. And maybe even the Patriots too, because Gillette gets really loud and they feed so much off that crowd noise. But on the other hand, the Patriots, they didn't do very good. Um, they didn't do very good last year in the stadiums like Arrowhead and stuff. So 
I think would take a lot of pressure off the Patriots to play well in someone like the Chiefs Stadium, which the Chiefs Stadium is always jumping. They have a lot of fans there every game. So the teams in the NBA that are really getting screwed by this no fans are the top of the teams, like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Raptors, you know. Um, so they're really getting screwed by this because in the NBA, the crowd noise, I feel like, it's also a big impact. You got the fans cheering behind you. Um, I keep saying it over and over again. Like if there was a buzzer beater, it just feels wrong with no one there, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to imagine, like, the you know, the old shots we've seen in, like, you know, Dame's insane game winner against the Rockets or Kawhi's bounces off the rim without the crowd there. You know, I think maybe the commentators can add some extra, you know, pizzazz to the playoff and try to maybe bring back something. You know, just get Mike Breen to call every single game so he can yell bang three times. Uh, well, and if we think about free throws, there's the home crowd waving, you know, those things trying to distract the away player from shooting his free throw. And I think that would also just take away the advantage of being at home. So I think they should try and do something to make the players feel a little more at home or a little more, you know, away from home. Well, I think they should let the players on their off days go to other teams' games, they can, like, go heckle them, <laughs> like, have some sort of crowd there. They're just playing, like, a super small room, so they sound about as loud. I think, I think that'd be comedy gold. I thought of something with no fans in the arena. I, mean, I think this works mostly for football, but if there's no fans in the arenas, um, there's obviously not going to be any – I mean, there's obviously – no one's going to try to cheat in this situation, but it's kind of hard not to. Um uh, so when there's no fans in the arena, they're all calling the plays, right? They're still going to say them loud enough, so it's audible from the cameras, I'd imagine. So do you think teams may look at these plays? It's kind of um, off topic, but the teams, they could watch the replay and actually uncover some of these plays, which would be a disadvantage to the teams who are trying to learn the playbooks. And if another team finds this stuff out, and there's not really a rule against it, I mean, I think that's why they need crowd noise in the arenas. I think the NFL is like when you're in the NFL, when you're in a huddle, you have enough guys around you that have blocked most of the noise, and you're not going to be able to hear what the other team's calling. And, you know, they're not going to be able to pick anything up on the field because all the photographers and guys who run the microphones aren't really going to be there because you you can't have that many people on the sideline anymore, honestly. Because I think this year in the NFL, especially, we're only going to get a few camera angles and we won't see like the same cadences from QBs that we usually hear. Well, there, I think there'll still be a lot of media on the field. I think what's the limit for people you can have in a confined space? Maybe, maybe if you social distance people on the sidelines. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, um, when they break the huddle, if they see a defense that they don't like or they're not expecting, then they're gonna try to change the play and they'll yell out a code word or something. That's what they do. But uh, yeah, I think, I think that could be a problem. Well, audibles are already a very are already a big part of the game, and the defense hears them. They just have no idea what they mean. Unless, you know, you have the other team's playbook. Because they have specified words for different audibles. Well, you, are, you can go. Yeah. If you're trying to cheat during this time, you know, like, I just, um, I just, I just don't like that. 
and I think it would be really disgraceful, honestly, if the league is trying to get back involved, or you know, people start cheating and trying to, you know, secretly learn plays and you know stuff like that. Well, they're obvious. Well, they're obviously not going to be maliciously trying to cheat, but is we all, the only thing we see is the teams practicing and the teams running plays in the games, right? But actually, when you're a football player, there's a lot more studying involved. They have to study their matchups. Let's say someone's watching this game film, right, at this person. They, maybe they're watching game film on the quarterback, the linebacker, seeing what kind of formations they run, right? And they they can't help but hear it. They're call, Maybe they call this one play against, like, Omaha, Omaha, and they see Omaha is a run to the right or something like that. I don't know, but, like, it's not going to be a malicious intent to cheat. I think it will just uncover small details that weren't there before. You couldn't hear this before in the games. Hey, do we have any other news we want to talk about? Did anything else happen this week that I'm missing? Yeah. Um, well, I saw today on Google that if the MLB did come back, they would have the commentators do their thing remotely. How would that work? At the, like, how would that affect, like, you know, the players? They're going to do it at their house, you said? Well, it just said remotely, so maybe they're, yeah, um, I'm not sure if I heard something. Well, I think they'd probably put the commentators in like, studio together so they can still have the natural flow of conversation that you want, but they'd basically just be watching the game like everyone else and have to throw in, like, a few seconds delay. So they can have time to commentate on it, and then the media can get it out to us. I guess that's what would probably happen. Yeah. Any other news? Takes nothing. Okay, I think that will just about do it. Thanks for listening today, guys. Good job, Ben and Alex. We look forward to having you on some other time. I, I'm Travis. Goodbye.